I truly believe this is going to be a life-changing message for you. I say that with full confidence as this revelation that I'm sharing, it set me free when I received it, when I received it. And there was years and years of being a Christian where I was in bondage in my mind, where my eyes weren't opened to this revelation. And once I received this revelation, my life changed forever. I was free. Hallelujah. I've been sharing truths that the enemy does not want you to know. You know, the enemy is the father of lies, the Bible says. The Bible talks about when he deceived Adam and Eve, it describes him as the most crafty, the most deceptive creature on the whole earth. Um, he was a good actor. He's the father of lies. So he's great. He's, a, he's very skilled at manipulating, very skilled at, at, at tricking, deceiving, lying. That's who he is. So when we're talking about spiritual warfare, his one role is to lie, is to try to deceive because he has no power. He has no power at all he has zero it is only jesus who has who has victory over him when you are in christ he has no power over you unless we believe his lies that's his only power that's his only power is to trick us into handing him the power by believing the lies this is what he did with with adam and eve he he tricked them into handing him power over them. So it wasn't him executing power over him, it was him tricking them. So my goodness, as a disciple, it is the most important thing is to, number one, to know Jesus's love for you, to know that he loves you. Number two, to know that there is a liar out there who is constantly trying to blind you to the reality that Jesus loves you. <laughs> oh, how important it is as, as a disciple to be aware. I am in a spiritual warfare right now. There is my whole life. There is someone who is trying to blind me constantly, trying to manipulate me, trying to trick me constantly, trying to lie, lie to me constantly. When you have revelation of this, when you're aware of this, you have Jesus who is full of wisdom inside of you, the Holy Spirit. You have wisdom inside of you, greater than any kind of wisdom of the enemy. The greatest wisdom of all is inside of you. So when you can simply be aware that you were in the spiritual war, how this, the trick, the, the weapon, the weapon of the, the attacker, the weapon of the attacker is lies. So once you know, you're aware of this, I have an enemy who's trying to blind me, trying to steal what I have, trying to steal my sight. And his ammunition, his weapon is one thing, one thing, lies lies, lying, trying to deceive me, trying to deceive me. As long as you can be aware of that, now you have wisdom inside of you as the Holy Spirit. 
to give you victory upon every attack, upon every, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, the Bible says. Every weapon, every weapon that is a lie coming at you, it cannot prosper because of the wisdom you have in you when you can be aware, when you can be aware. I like to use this, this analogy. I used to play soccer, my favorite sport. And I was on offense. I played off, I played midfield. I played offense. I played wing and you're dribbling down the field and you, you, your goal is to hang on to the ball and then get it into the goal, shoot into the goal, score a goal. But you don't, you, you're not alone. You have opponents who are trying to take the ball from you. So if you just run down the field, like unaware, like do, 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 <laughs> and unaware that you have opponents who are really trying harder with everything in them to steal the ball, you're never going to win. You're never going to have victory. They're going to steal the ball right from you. But we have the, the greatest skill set as soccer players if, in, in, in Christ. In Christ, we have the greatest skill set, the greatest ball handling skills, the greatest shot, the greatest pump fakes. We, have, we are quick, quicker than our opponents. Um, they don't stand a chance. As long as we can just be aware, okay, I have an opponent. I got to protect this ball. I gotta put my skills to work, put my wisdom to work, put my faith in action. I've been sharing the two biggest lies of the enemy that most Christians believe. And these two lies of the enemy are what keeps Christians being lukewarm keeps them in bondage and keeps them from being powerful vessels of God. When you know these two truths, when you can see that the enemy's lying to you about these two truths and you can really see these two truths as truths, when you can have this revelation, now the devil is in trouble because you will be a powerful vessel of God and you will be free in your mind and you will have peace and you will have joy and you will have an amazing relationship with God and know his love. Hallelujah. The first lie of the enemy is that he does not want you to know that God loves you so intimately how you are, just as you are, no matter what you've done, just as you are. There's this revelation of God's love that's unconditional, uh, that God needs you to have. He wants you to have more than anything. He loves you no matter what you've done, no matter what you have thought, no matter what's going on in your mind, all the times you thought, oh man, I should have known better. I shouldn't have done this. I should have known better. God loves me. Why did I do this? God's love for you is the same. He's constantly looking at you with adoration and love. I know this seems almost too good to be true, but this is our God. It is next to impossible for humans to be this way. 
until we can be transformed into the image of Jesus. And that's why many people don't believe this truth because it's like, seems too good to be true and the enemy constantly is bringing lies, constantly telling you that, that God can't possibly love you so much with all you've done, um, how you've known better, but you've still sinned, you've still messed up. But the truth, the truth is that God loves you so much intimately, just as you are, just as you are. He loves you like you're the only person on this entire world. This is the truth. It's not too good to be true. This is the truth. And God wants to transform you. He wants you to become more spiritual by knowing his love. This is why this is so important for you to have this revelation and to maintain this revelation. The number two, the number two tr truth that the enemy does not want you to know is what your true identity is as a child of God. What your true identity is, the enemy, this is the second biggest lie that the enemy comes in many times in the minds of Christians. And the big lie that he speaks is that you are not pure, that because of the thoughts you're thinking, because of what you've done while being a Christian and you should have known better, you have defiled yourself or you're not worthy of God's love. God is disappointed with you. Um, you should feel shame and turn away and, and just keep on sinning because you've just screwed up. These are the thoughts that come in many, many of your minds that the enemy tries to trick you into thinking that they are your, your own thoughts and that they are truth. The Bible says, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Jesus. Take every thought captive. The Bible also says that this spiritual warfare that we're in is not in the physical realm, but it's in the spiritual realm, the spiritual forces. What does that mean? It's speaking of inside of your mind, inside of your mind. The Bible shows us this is where the war's going on. The Bible shows us you have to understand that just because you think something, it does not mean that it's truth. The way the enemy comes and attacks you is through your mind is through planting thoughts in your mind that sound like you and that feel like truth because you've heard them so many times that feel louder than the voice of God. But there's something you need to know. The Bible reveals to us the character of the enemy versus the character of the, the voice of the enemy and the character of the enemy versus how God speaks, how we hear God's voice. We see the enemy bombarding Adam and Eve, coming up and lying. He's being loud and obnoxious with his lies. He's saying, oh no, God is just wanting to have all the power and he doesn't want you to be powerful. So 
God isn't who you think he is. The way that the devil was speaking to Adam and Eve reveals how intrusive he is, how obnoxious he is, how loud he is. But then when we, when we read about the voice of God in the Bible, there's a, there's a scripture that says that, that God did not come in the, the wind, in the earthquake, in the fire, but he came in a still, small voice. The Bible says, seek me and you will find me. When you seek me with everything in you, then you will find me. Knock and then the door will open. Seek and then you will find. So you see the word of God shows us how the enemy's voice comes very intrusively loud, but God's voice is, is still small. We need to seek him. Enemy's voice, no invitation, he barges in. So this reveals to us how to manage our thoughts, how to discern our thoughts. When thoughts come that don't align with the word of God, what the word of God says about your identity and who God is, that is the enemy. Plain and simple, that's the enemy. That's why you need to know the word of God. That's why listening to these lives is very important. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So you're being reminded, you're being taught. Okay, this is what God says about you. I told you about how God loves you no matter what. So if you've done something, if you've made a mistake and you, you, you have that thought, God's upset with you. You aren't, you aren't good enough to be used by him. You are not worthy of his love. You can know wait, that's a lie from the devil. This thought that feels like me is not me. It's a lie from the devil. And you reject that lie. Resist the devil and he will flee from you, the Bible says. So the action of resisting him is when that thought comes, be aware, identify that is not truth. And you can speak out loud the truth. Don't speak what the enemy planted inside, but speak the truth. Speak opposite of how you feel. You feel full, you're, you're, you're hearing thoughts, which are really lies of the enemy of, of anxiety and depression of fear, but you resist them by speaking, God did not give me a spirit of fear, but a power, love and sound mind. God has freed me. I have peace. I have perfect peace. Jesus has given me perfect peace. And when you speak that, the enemy hears and he has to submit to Jesus. He has to submit to this word of God that says, resist the enemy and he will flee from you. He has to submit. Oh, oh they're resisting me right now. I have to, I have to leave. It's a principle in the, in the spiritual realm. Many Christians think that they're powerless, think that when anxiety and depression comes, um, thoughts come that that's just life, that they're stuck with it, but they don't realize that 
you have power in you to resist. And when you do, the enemy has to obey. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to share today, I want to share today how to be transformed into become into looking like Jesus, how to become more spiritual and less carnal, how to become more spiritual and less carnal. You need to understand something. You need to understand how things work in the spiritual realm. Many people are in bondage in their minds because there haven't been offices in the fivefold ministry, such as apostles, such as prophets, such as true teachers, um, to teach these deep things, to teach what's going on in the spiritual realm. Because Ephesians 4.11 says that God gave us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the edifying, building up, equipping of the believers so that they won't be deceived by the enemy, so that they'll be mature disciples, so that they will be able to take in meat in the spiritual realm and not just milk. So there's been so much milk teaching where Christians don't know how to navigate spiritual warfare. Christians don't know how to have victory. They don't know what's going on in the spiritual realm. So the enemy just has power because they don't know how to, to take authority over him, the authority that they are given. Hallelujah. So I'm going to teach you today. When you receive Jesus as Lord, your spirit becomes alive. You become a new creation. The old has gone. Your old life is gone. You've become new. The Bible says that uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So, Jesus became sin so that we would no longer have to be sinners and be in bondage to sin, be slaves to sin. He was not sin, but he decided to become sin for us, to pay the price on the cross for us. So we're no longer slaves to sin. And this, this gift of grace that he gave to us, it made us the righteousness of God. Righteousness of God. Righteousness means pure. It means morally upright. So before Jesus paid this price, we were sinners. We were not pure. We were not the righteousness of God. But Jesus, by his grace, has made you pure. He's made you the righteousness of God. He's made you pure. Immediately when you give your life to Jesus, you become pure. You become righteous. And you remain that way forever. Your righteousness doesn't leave. Your purity doesn't leave. Even when you make mistakes. 
Galatians 2.20, it says, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. So he's saying, Paul's saying now, I don't take this lightly. Like, I, I'm so grateful to God that he's just given me this gift that now I'm pure, that now when he looks at me, he sees pure righteousness. Even when I fall short, even when I mess up, he just sees me pure righteousness, my pure, beautiful, perfectly made child. That's what Jesus sees when he looks at you, even when you mess up. I know it sounds too good to be true, but it is not. This is the simple truth, the simple word of God. But it seems so crazy because the enemy tries so hard to keep people in bondage, uh, to keep people from knowing this truth. So I want to explain to you, and this I'm just summar summarizing a little bit. When you become a new creation, your spirit is made alive. You are pure. But you have a lot of transforming that needs to happen. The Bible says that you are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord. So this is 2 Corinthians 3.18. You are being transfigured, transformed into the image of Jesus. So Jesus is completely spiritual completely spiritual his mind is completely spiritual he's he's seeing the spiritual truths all the time the enemy can never trick jesus never he's always seeing the truth and he's always seeing the truth about people seeing them rightly oh this person is is doing bad things but jesus is just sees them with so much love this is my beautiful creation. This is my beloved creation. And I see the enemy is afflicting this person. I see the root of why they are doing all of these wrong, bad things. And I have such grace, grace and understanding and compassion for them. I want them to be free. And I have amazing plans for them ahead. I cannot wait for their eyes to be opened and for them to do the amazing things I've called them to. This is how he saw Saul, who became Apostle Paul. Saul killing Christians. Jesus was like, oh, I cannot wait to free him. Oh, I love him so much. And I'm so excited for the amazing things that I will do through him. He is worthy of my love. It's not about the mistakes he's done. Oh, he is worthy. I love him so much as he is. Now it's time for me to free him. Now it's time for his eyes to open. Now it's time for him to be free and know my love and know who I am. So Jesus, this is how he's seen all the time. This is how he's seen every person in the world. He's seen people with this lens. Jesus is never worried about what's going on in the world. COVID came and Jesus wasn't worried. Jesus works all things out for the good. Jesus only allows things for a greater purpose. And I'll share one right now that I'm even seeing right now for his kingdom, good that has come. We at Fivefold Church were, were in a, a, a building that many people could not find us. It wasn't like on a main road and we were very small. 
and we would not get many new new guests, but simply really because we weren't that visible, okay? And so COVID hit and we went outside because we can't have church inside anymore. Um, and we went up to the park and there's so many people in the park. There's so many people in the park. There's so many people who need Jesus, who need a miracle. And now, several months later, so many people have just stumbled upon us at Revival in the Park, have received Jesus, given their lives to Jesus, received a miracle, received healing, received freedom, received a prophetic word that brought them to tears and made them know the love of God like never before. This never happened when we were inside the building. And so Jesus, his mind is so is completely spiritual, not carnal at all. Carnal minds, world minds are like, COVID's really scary. This is the worst year ever. I'm really afraid I'm going to get the sickness. I'm really afraid for my family. I'm afraid for my finances. But Jesus is not afraid. And Jesus knows the inheritance he's given his children. He knows the protection that he's given his children. He knows the healing that he's given his children. He knows this amazing catalyst for revival that's coming. Just like the plagues in Egypt, he allowed them to happen. And I mean, people were sick and, and dying with the plagues, but God allowed them to happen for this mighty purpose that's, that's beyond our understanding in Egypt when the plagues happened. So Jesus's mind is always spiritual. So he, he never is worrying ever, 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 ever. He's always having faith all the time. Faith so big all the time. He has always seen people with so much love and he's always so passionate for his work to go on, for the devil's kingdom to be destroyed. He's always, I mean, that's his heart always. He's not distracted with, with worldly things. He's not distracted with, with social media or, or Netflix or, or drama or, or, or gossip or, 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 fear from the news all the time consumed like jesus is not distracted with those things he is focused on his kingdom and he is constantly moving he's constantly doing his work through people and on this world so that's what being completely spiritual is like what i just described is how jesus wants you to be and it's very possible as the bible says you're being perfected into jesus Anything's possible. We truly can be like this, like him, really like him. But from the moment that we come alive in Christ, we're on this journey to be transformed more into his image, but it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen immediately. And the pace at which we go is up to us, is up to our actions is up to the revelation that we are graced to receive and then apply it. But it doesn't happen immediately. This, 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 this being completely like Jesus, perfectly like Jesus, doesn't happen immediately. Jesus knows it doesn't happen immediately. So, Never, ever, ever, ever get down on yourself for not being perfect immediately. 
religion. Let me tell you a scheme of the enemy. The enemy is tricky and comes through church, comes through wrong doctrine. You preach Jesus, but it's not the full truth or we don't get the, the, the deeper things in the spiritual realm. It's tricky. So the devil has come with this doctrine in much of the church where there's no power of God, where there's no prophetic eyesight. The devil comes in sneaky with spirit of religion. And this is what church looks like. Everyone has a facade and acts like they're perfect. Comes to church, acts like they're perfect. And has judgment when they hear that somebody's saying, oh, did you hear? Did you hear this person? I think that they're having an affair with this person. Did you hear this person was out drinking? Did you hear that? Ah. Oh. And when and, and and you overhear gossip and it and, and it and it sounds like judgment rather than love and desiring someone to be free and desiring someone to have revelation, more revelation of God's love. Right? And so it's this culture of coming to church and you see everyone having facades, looking like they're perfect, looking like they have everything together, not vulnerable, um, and, and, and looking like they're perfect Christians. They never sin. They're perfect. And then people feel so shameful inside because spiritual warfare isn't really talked about. Like what I just shared with you right now about how we are all being transformed and it doesn't happen overnight. What I just shared with you about how the enemy is the father of lies and he tries so hard to, to deceive and to lie to people. Now, a friend, have you ever had a friend who was manipulated by someone, who was tricked, who was scammed? Did you condemn your friend? Did you judge your friend? Or did you have compassion and understanding and, and felt sorry? Like, oh man, that's, that was evil what that person did. You didn't deserve that. And there's no way that you could have known any better. You could, there's no way you could have known that you were being manipulated by that person based on your life experiences, for example, you know? And so as believers, we should have this heart. Like the father of lies is lying to our every single brother and sister. And it takes people receiving this meat that I'm sharing with you today, deep things in the spiritual realm for your eyes to open up to see, oh, this is how the, the father of lies is operating. This is how the father of manipulation and deceit is operating. Okay, so now I know when he says this, when he does this, he's trying to trick me. So I won't let him trick me this time. I know that I, there was someone I trusted in my life who manipulated me so much years ago. And when you have, uh, when you haven't had that experience before, there's like no hope. I mean, I mean, I mean, there's, I mean, what I mean is like, you have to learn or you have to have someone teach me or you have to have someone see the situation and be like, this person, I feel like you might be trying to manipulate a little bit, you know, to, to help educate you. Because if you have, if you've only been around good people who never manipulated you before, 
um, or never lied to you before, you think the best of people, which is how we're supposed to be. Give people the benefit of the doubt, think the best and not, not expect someone to lie or manipulate you, you know? And so that's what happened for me. Like I had never had someone manipulate me before. And so I was manipulated for a long time. And one day my eyes opened up to see, oh my goodness, all this time he was manipulating the bad intentions that were there. Um, so this is how the devil is. This is how the devil is. There has to be this knowledge. There has to be this truth released. The Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. There has to, you have to receive this deep spiritual truth that comes by anointing, that comes by, by true anointed people of God, whom God, who God can really open up eyes to release this to you. So now you can't be manipulated by the enemy anymore. You know his tricks. You know how he works. So the fruits of the spirit, the fruits of the spirit are patience, gentleness, selflessness, compassion, self-control, joy, peace, love. This is Jesus. This is how Jesus is. And this is what, are, this is what we are transformed into being where this is naturally how we are. We are just like naturally patient. We don't even have to like try. We are naturally selfless. We don't even have to try. But we start out being the opposite. When we, when we first become a Christian, all we know, all we know is, is, is jealousy, selfishness, pride, anger, offense, lust, envy. We used to be slaves to sin, the Bible says. You were slaves to all of those desires. But Jesus made it so that you're no longer a slave to sin when you give your life to him. And when the enemy's power is broken off your life. When this passage, it says you're no longer a slave to sin. You're no longer a slave to sin. This means that those things aren't ruling you anymore because you have this revelation. Jesus is giving me the strength now to put to death these things, to resist them, and to turn to him. Jesus has actually broken the power off my life, so I don't even desire these things anymore. So as long as I don't respond to the temptation in my mind that comes from the enemy, as long as I recognize, hey, that's a lie of the devil and it doesn't have power over me, and I turn to Jesus, he will give me that strength. He will give me that strength to resist. But I wanna also share something with you that Apostle Paul wrote this, meaning he wrote this as a true anointed apostle of God, full of the power of God. So releasing you know, deep things in the spiritual realm, carrying anointing power of God to break yokes. We see the miracles that he's doing, we see we see extraordinary miracles that he's doing, all sorts of diseases being healed, all sorts of demons being cast out. So when he wrote this, he, he's not meaning this of lukewarm Christians void of the power of God, who do not have 
ministers releasing the power of God anointing. He's writing this meaning when you are in the atmosphere of anointing, the yoke can be, can be broken off of your life and you will no longer be a slave to sin. It doesn't have power over you anymore. So there's some of you who have given your life to Jesus, but there's a yoke in your life still. There's anxiety, there's depression, there's an addiction that is still there that needs the anointing to break, to break the yoke. And God is going to break this yoke today. Today, he's going to break this yoke. And when that yoke is broken off of your life, it will, that, that sin will no longer have power over you. We've received multiple testimonies. There, I received a testimony yesterday of a, a, a woman who came to Revival in the Park three weeks ago, and I, I had declared anxiety and depression to leave. And she shared today that ever since after Revival in the Park, she has had no anxiety or depression. And she feels purpose in her life now and the love of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We've had testimonies that upon watching a video, an addiction went away completely. Many, many different addictions. We've had many testimonies of depression, anxiety going completely upon watching. So these things that I'm telling you right now were holds before, holds, a strongholds that needed the power of the anointing to break. Now it no longer has power over you. If a temptation comes, if a lie comes, you have the power to resist. Where that power wasn't there before, that ability wasn't there before because there was a yoke that needed to be broken. But what was happening in the church without the power of God is people would have yokes and they're trying so hard to give up the addiction. They're trying so hard to not live in anxiety and depression. They're, they really don't want to be that way. But they're like a slave to it. They try, but they can't stop. And they were shamed for that. They were judged by that. They were feeling guilty like other people seem to not have this problem. I must not be strong enough or not love God enough or something. No, that's a lie from the enemy. That's a lie from the enemy. That's a lie from the enemy. God just wants to remove that yoke so you are no longer a slave to sin. So that you're free. So that you're now free to live by the Spirit. The Bible says, um, Romans, Romans 8.1, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That means you should never condemn yourself. You should never feel shame. You should never feel, never feel guilt. Anytime those thoughts come in, they are lies from the devil that he wants you to think are truth. They are lies. Reject them. Jesus never wants you to feel that way. This is a powerful scripture. You need to know this scripture. Write it down. Meditate on it. 
because there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So that means that when, if you do make a mistake, you're set free from feeling shame and guilt. That was in the old covenant. Now we're in the new covenant. You are the righteousness of God. You are pure as you are. You are pure. That is what God sees when he looks at you. Pure, pure, pure. Hallelujah. It says in verse five, Romans eight, verse five, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So we are on a journey now from, from living, we used to live carnally, worldly, think how the world thinks, do as the world does. But now we are being transformed into being spiritual, thinking how Jesus thinks, speaking how he speaks, doing what he does. We are on a journey. So this passage here says, set your mind on things of the spirit. Don't set your mind on things of the world. So to become more spiritual, we have to take the action of setting our minds on the things of the spirit, on, on, set, on setting our minds on the word of God, taking the word of God seriously, tuning into these lives, for example, to hear the word of God. You're setting your mind on the things of the spirit when you do this. When the temptation comes up to, to, to set your mind on the things of the world, you resist and you choose to set your mind on the things of the spirit. Setting your mind on the things of the spirit is so fun and amazing. The enemy has tried to, to, tried to deceive Christians into thinking that being spiritual, being surrendered to God is boring. This is what the enemy has tried to, to speak. But the truth is to be really spiritual, to be less carnal, and more spiritual to set your minds on things of the spirit oh that is where true life really is joy and peace like you've never known so much fun so much life church christianity without the power of god boring and that was my experience like i didn't surrender to god for a long time because it didn't feel like tons of life and fun. So I had one foot in the world for a long time. But when I encountered the power of God, it opened up my eyes to see, wow, Jesus is more amazing than I thought. 
And the things of the spiritual realm are so much more exciting and amazing and beautiful than anything else in this world. And so all of a sudden now, I was more excited to go to church than anything else, but not boring church, not church void of the power of God, but church where miracles were happening, where the supernatural was happening everywhere. To see people encounter the power of God through a prophetic word. Whoa, God just touched, God just spoke to someone's heart and change their lives right now. Oh my goodness, this is more beautiful than the most touching romantic movie or any or anything that you could ever see, that you could witness, to witness someone encountering the love of God, to witness someone being delivered of, of, of a disease, of an affliction in a moment, to see the look on their face. There's nothing more beautiful in the world than being in the presence of God. Wow, really, like this is how God wants it to be, that it's not hard to set your things, your mind on the things of the spirit. That you desire, you naturally desire. This is what happened to me when I encountered the power of God, when I really met the true kingdom of God, because the Bible says the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. I naturally desired the things of God. I naturally, I wanted to set my mind on the things of the spirit more than anything else. I just wanted to talk about Jesus all the time. This is how God wants it to be. That it wouldn't be difficult to set your mind on the things of the spirit. But you would desire it. So, we are in this journey to becoming just like Jesus, where he's naturally wanting to serve people, wanting to put people first, naturally seeing people out of love, uh, seeing, uh, naturally wanting freedom for somebody, healing, like that's where his mind is, not on me, 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 but on others, on how I can please God. We're full of faith. We, we don't even fear ever. We, we don't even fear anymore. It's not natural. It, what comes natural to us is the fruits of the Spirit. Natural, natural. But to get to that point is a journey and that's okay. That's how it's supposed to be. God knows it's that way. It's how it's supposed to be. We're on a journey. It's like kindergarten to college. You don't expect a first grader to be college level. You don't get down on the first grader for being for not being college level. You know their first grade. This is how it is in the spiritual realm. So at first, we are not naturally having the fruits of the spirit, not naturally. But God gives us the grace and strength to resist the feelings we're feeling inside, the offense, the anger, the, the jealousy, the lust, the pride. He gives the, the selfishness. He gives us the power to resist them, to not act on them, to not speak those words. He gives us the power when you can receive this revelation. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm going to set my, my mind on the things of the spirit and not on the things of the flesh. And the big way to the big way 
to receive this strength and ability to resist, to resist the things of the flesh is to have revelation that the thoughts, the impulses, the desires are not you. They are not you. The real you is the spirit that came alive. That's the righteousness of God that is pure. The impulses and thoughts, they literally come as lies of the devil. Like, be jealous of this person, lust after this person, do this action, have offense, be prideful. Like the thoughts that come in you, they're not just naturally you. You are naturally a good person. You are good, you are pure. You are not bad, you are not impure, you are pure, you are good. But remember, we're in a spiritual warfare. So, an amazing thing about becoming more like Jesus is that those impulses and thoughts diminish as time goes on. So you don't have to deal with that garbage. You don't have to deal with that constant like, resisting the devil all the time. Uh, oh, this is work. Over time, they diminish. Why do they diminish? Because of the spiritual principle that you resist the enemy and he will flee from you. We see Jesus tempted by the devil in the wilderness. And after Jesus won, had victory, he kept resisting by speaking the word of God, not agreeing with what the devil was saying, but speaking the word of God. This was him resisting the enemy. So the enemy, it says that he left him. He fleed from him for a time, the Bible says. By the way, remember Jesus, he had to go through all the temptations that you have. He knows the suffering of being in the flesh. He knows, he, 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 was, he was sweating blood in the Garden of Eden and he was saying, oh God, I don't wanna do this, but not my will, your will be done. So that's, that is a picture of, I mean, he was dealing with, with thoughts coming from the enemy of, this is gonna be a horrible death, you're gonna suffer, this is gonna be brutal. You know, he was, he knew that his friends were gonna betray him. Um, so you gotta understand how understanding Jesus is. He's understanding of this process. He's so understanding, he knows that he lived it. He lived it so he could have this full understanding for you. Hallelujah. So as you are in this journey, you need to understand that the impulses you have or the random thoughts that come to your mind that are, that's, that are negative, that are impure, they do not make you bad, they do not make you impure. You are in the battle now to resist 
the thoughts, to resist the lies of the enemy. That's no longer me. That's no longer me, devil. I'm setting my mind on the things of the spirit and I'm becoming more like Jesus now. Having this revelation that those thoughts that come in your mind, that those impulses are not you, that God is not disappointed in you, that it's not that you have so far to go. No, having this revelation is what empowers you to set your, set your mind on the things of the Spirit. That's the action of running to Jesus. The thoughts, the, the, the bad thoughts come, the bad impulses come. You run to Jesus naked, not hiding like Adam and Eve did with shame. But you see Jesus saying, hey, we're just on the journey right now of transforming you more into my image. So come without a veil over your face. The Bible says 2 Corinthians 3, 18, we can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces and with no veil we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the lord jesus we are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another and the glorious transfiguration comes from the lord who is in the spirit so this is how it happens this is how the transfiguration happens is when those bad thoughts come those bad impulses come you Without the veil on, run to Jesus. Jesus, make me more like you. I want to I, I wanna act like you and speak like you and not do what the devil's trying to get me to do right now. And Jesus is saying, yes, my child, this is the journey. This is it right here. I'm proud of you. Yes. And the enemy has to, is being defeated each time. Each time he's being defeated. Oh, shoot. They, they've got me figured out. They know I'm a liar. That means I have to leave because of the spiritual realm principles, because Jesus has the victory. That's what happens in the spiritual realm. But the enemy's trick, his scheme, listen closely, listen closely, listen closely. His scheme is to get you to think that those thoughts, those impulses, those desires, are you that you're bad i can't believe i had that thought i can't believe i have this desire god must be disappointed and when you think to yourself this person or god must be disappointed that's the feeling of shame oh this person's disappointed that's what Adam and Eve went through. And they hid themselves. They turned from God. So that action is not setting your mind on the things of, of the spirit of Jesus, but it's setting, you're, you're literally setting your mind on the things of the world. And so then you, you actually act on that action because you believe the lie. Oh, God's disappointed. Shame. Well, I'm just going to do what the thought says because that's who I am. I'm a slave to sin. It's a lie you're believing. It's a lie you're believing. But Jesus wants you to be, he said to Adam and Eve, who told you you were naked? Who told you you should have shame? I never want you to feel shame. I want you to always come to me unashamed and naked. 
Oh, always, I just want you to come to me because I'm never disappointed. I just want you to know more of my love. I want you to become more like me so you can be more free. And so I can use you and you can have more joy in this world. But the only way that can happen is when you come naked to me. Oh, Jesus, take you take me as I am. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for your forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, that you just see me as pure, that I had those thoughts, but they weren't me. It was the enemy trying, and you see me as pure, that I did that bad thing, but you still see me as pure. So you do, if you, if you do the bad thing, if you do the sin, and you still go like this to Jesus, you run to him, you see him rightly, not ashamed of you, you can literally be transformed into the image of God, even though you just made that mistake when you do this instead of this. When you set your mind on the things of the Spirit, Jesus, instead of setting your mind on the things of the world. Hallelujah. You, Romans 8, 9. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but you are in the realm of the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. When you have Jesus in you, you have the power to go like this, to set your mind on the things of the spirit, to resist that lie. You are in the spiritual realm when Jesus lives in you. You're not in the flesh anymore. You're no longer a slave. Romans 12, 2, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what's God, what God's will is. Do not conform, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have so much power in you to make the choice. I'm going to set my mind on, set my mind. The Bible says the word set, that's an action. Set my mind. When Jesus is living in you, you have the power to set your mind on the things of the spirit, to set your mind on what is true, to take every thought captive. Don't allow the wrong thoughts to be your truth and to take over you. That's an action word. Take every thought captive. You have this power because you have Jesus living inside of you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This is a way we can set our minds on the things of the Spirit. Negative thoughts just are naturally coming in you. Remember, you're in the process of being transformed. This is not the time to let them take you, but it's time to, re to renew your mind. Wait, let me think about something lovely and worthy of praise. Let me think about what Jesus has done in my life. Let me think about his faithfulness. Let me, let me think about his creation, how beautiful it is. Let me think about the blessings he's given me in my life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So in this process of becoming like Jesus, at first, 
your soul, your carnal nature, your soul is your mind and your will and your emotions. It's naturally, the natural feelings that will come is not spiritual, is of the world. So you have action to take. And as you take the action, God will make them dwindle. This is you being transformed. But the transformation is more, is really, is really you just naturally being this way rather than having to try. But when you're trying, when you're making this effort, you are pure, you are righteousness, and God is proud. Where you are at, God is proud, and you are perfect just where you are. Just like that fifth grader belongs in fifth grade, not sixth grade yet. They're in fifth grade. They're doing a great job and they're going to graduate and go to sixth grade and they're going to graduate and go to seventh grade. So you're doing a great job where you are. You just have to keep showing up every day. Keep exposing the lie of the devil. Maintain the revelation that God has given you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's very important that you choose to what you're intaking is pure. What you're intaking is things of the spirit. Like watching this, choosing to watch this live where real power of God is moving so that this can, can light up your spirit, not a lukewarm, milky, void of power of God, Christian thing, but set your, set your mind, watch, be present where power of God is. This will make you naturally hunger to keep setting your mind on things of the spirit. You have no taste for the things of the world when you're in the presence of anointing. It's supposed to be not so impossible. No, Jesus makes it the, the yoke light and so doable to resist the things of the world and to become like him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I wanna pray for you. I thank you, Father, for what you have done. Thank you, Jesus, for this revelation that you have released to your people. I thank you, Jesus, for the freedom that you have released to your people. I declare every lying spirit of condemnation and shame to go now in Jesus' name. I expose them all in your mind, the condemnation, the guilt, the shame that you were having because of the thoughts that you had, because of what you did when you feel like you should have known better and you did anyway and you had those feelings. Those are lies of the enemy I expose now in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You are free from those thoughts now. They have no power over you anymore in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. And God wants to break yokes now. I was sharing how God wants to break yokes so that you are no longer a slave to sin. He wants to take away that desire, that impulse that you can't stop. He wants to take that away completely by his power. He wants to break that yoke right now. Lift your hands if you need that yoke broken off your life. If you need that freedom. If you want to be free of addictions right now, lift your hands now. 
I declare every spirit of addiction to get out in Jesus' name. Alcohol and drug addictions go now in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father. You are free in Jesus' name. Porn addictions go in Jesus' name. Go now in Jesus' name. And all sexual addictions go. Go now in Jesus' name. Every uh, uh, sexual spirit dream, I declare that spirit, that spirit of sexual dream coming in the night, I declare it to go now in Jesus' name. You are free. Those dreams are not you. When you have a bad dream, it is not you. It is the enemy coming, attacking, trying to trick you into thinking that it is you. To think that that you in the dream was you. It was not you. I declare you are free. If you ever have a bad dream, if the enemy tr ever tries to come in any of your lives in this way, you wake up, say out loud, I reject that dream in Jesus' name. And that dream has no power over you. And you move on with your day and you don't let that dream get you down or anything. Don't let that lie of the enemy be your truth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are free from the enemy deceiving you in your dreams now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Every person who feels in bondage with anxiety and depression and panic attacks, like you can't control it. And you tr like you try to like the, the, the thoughts just take over you. I see people that have this problem now. And God is saying, never feel guilty for this. You need to understand that it's a spiritual war and I want to free you right now. You did, there's, it's nothing that you're not doing good enough or anything. You just need freedom. And I'm going to bring it to you now, Jesus is saying. So lift your hands right now if that's you, if you have been in bondage to anxiety, depression, panic attacks, oppression on your mind. I declare every spirit of panic attacks to get out now. Every spirit of anxiety to go now. Every spirit of depression to go now in Jesus' name. Every spirit of mental disorder, of of hallucination, of not seeing reality as it is, I declare that to get out now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. You are free. You are free now. Thank you, Lord. I wanna pray for those of you who are sick now, every person with sickness in their body, Lift your hands now. Every person who needs healing in their body. Jesus, the healer, is here right now. I declare every sickness to go now. Leave this body now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Every mental illness, go. Every physical ailment, get out. Pain in your body, 
Go now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. God is healing someone with a stomach sickness. Someone is having nausea right now. Go now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. God is healing ears right now. Someone with ear pain, earache, trouble in the ears, like an ear infection. I declare the sickness to go. Be healed now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. God is healing hands, injuries, pain in the hands, arthritis. God is healing now. Be healed now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Respiratory sickness. God is healing someone now with respiratory sickness. Be healed now, I declare in Jesus' name. I declare you to breathe now. I declare life to your lungs in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I declare cancer to get out in Jesus' mighty name of every person watching now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Diabetes, God is healing now. I declare diabetes to get out of your body and every blood disorder that you have, I declare it to go now in Jesus' name. 